0: Your truck and your road to success in the trucking industry.
1: This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs,
2: back in your pocket.
3: Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is Let'sTruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. And today is Destination Health. My co-host is Kim Cockerham. We'll take your calls and answer your questions about everything health. Fitness, diet, nutrition, lifestyle, exercise, disease, training, drugs, supplements, you name it. We'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call. We've been lied to for decades and it's killing us. But the good news is the truth is coming out, and today's topic is a great example of that. Before we get to the topic, I want to bring Kim in. Kim, welcome.
4: Hi, Cameron. Glad to be here.
3: Yeah, well, it's that time of year again. hmm Yeah,
4: and you know what? Go. I know when you say on this, and it was so interesting, and I sent you that article, um... Because I always like knew you got me thinking separately about it, but I, I hadn't backed up and done a lot of reading and stuff on it. I know you have, so I've always leaned on, leaned on you for that. And um, so I'm grateful you're bringing this topic to us again.
3: Yeah, you know, it's not a simple topic. Um, and what we're talking Probably. about is the flu vaccine, whether or not you should get a flu shot. And the interesting thing is when I say it's that time of year again, it's not like I have to mark this on my calendar because I will be reminded about a thousand times in the media and everywhere I look that I should be getting a flu shot. You know, it used to be that they recommended them for very high risk populations only. Like if you had a very weakened immune system and the flu could potentially kill you, then the risk may or may not have been worth it. I mean, dying is not a good thing. So, That was the group. But just in the last couple of years, they started recommending to everybody over six months. That's insanity. That is just crazy. That is nothing but a big money grab. So we could look at it just from the point of view of all the money that gets made. $1.6 billion in the United States alone. $4 billion worldwide is what the pharmaceutical companies make on the flu vaccine alone. So you can't tell me that this isn't heavily influenced by profit, which I'm okay with. I'm a capitalist. But you also have to be an informed consumer. Just because somebody puts out a product and makes a bunch of money off of it doesn't mean you should be buying it. I don't think that they should be banned from doing it. I think if they want to market this product, they should. And they do, and they spend a lot of money marketing it. That's why we have these attitudes that we have today. There are people so entrenched that if you even mention you shouldn't get a flu shot, they go off the deep end. They call you crazy mm-hmm. and you know, say you're wearing a tinfoil hat and talk about conspiracies and uh, – If you want to get a flu shot, get one. But if you don't believe that you have been heavily influenced by marketing, you are completely wrong. You have been influenced your entire life, and especially in the last 10 years, by lots and lots of marketing money pushing these shots because they make so much money on them. People say, well, how do they make money? I get mine free. Yeah, that should give you a clue. Companies don't just give stuff away. Mm-hmm. They they give things away in order to drive more business or to make more money somewhere else. Somebody is paying for these flu shots. The pharmaceutical companies get their money. So maybe CVS runs a special where they give away a free flu shot. That's because they get a lot of people into the store, and when the people come in the store, they spend a lot of money. So the pharmaceutical company got paid for those shots. CVS used them as a loss leader. I'm okay with all that, but I'm certainly not getting one. Uh, That's just the money side of it. If you start talking about the health aspect side of it, then people really think you're crazy. Mm -hmm. But there is a lot of junk in there. There's aluminum. Mm -hmm. Do you know they put antibiotics in there?
4: No, I didn't. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah, the flu shot actually has antibiotics in it. It also has uh, egg proteins. So if you've ever taken our fit test and found out you were reacting to egg proteins, you're going to react to the flu shot pretty bad. Um, yeah,
4: and I was reading about mercury being in there. Mer- well.
3: Mercury is in there. That's where there's been a, yeah, a lot of... I, I, I don't want to say speculation because there's evidence that you know they, the makers try to claim that It's such a tiny amount, it would never matter. It's a different form of mercury. Although there's a lot of studies that have linked it to autism and other problems in kids. And these are all kinds of vaccines, not just necessarily the flu vaccine. Um, But it's, Mm -hmm. you know, just all the junk that's in it, um, Mm -hmm. that's a bad thing. And the other thing is it's not very effective, um, so there's like three strikes against it. What, where was this? And I think this was from the article you sent me. Um, in randomized controlled trials of healthy adults, because that's really what I'm focusing on here. I, I'll leave mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the high-risk groups to the side because I, I, I'm not going to address those. But in healthy adults, the numbers, randomized controlled trials, if you vaccinate between 33 and 100 people, you'll get one less case of the flu. Yeah. yeah, That's it. One less case. For one thing, we don't know which flu varieties are coming around this year. So they load up three or four, sometimes two into the shot, and that's all it's going to protect you against. So you can get the shot and still get a really, really nasty case of the flu because it's a whole different strain. You're only protected against the strains they put in there. And there's some evidence to show you're not necessarily protected from those. For one, it takes almost two weeks for your body to build the antibodies. So you could get the shot and within two weeks get the flu before your body even had time to build those antibodies. And in a weak enough immune system, it might not protect anything at all. Uh, So, you know, I'm not here to tell anybody whether they should or shouldn't. The problem is there's so much money influencing people to do it, and there's no money to influence people not to. Nobody gets paid to tell people not to get the flu shot. So you can't do mass marketing the way the big pharmaceuticals can. So it's a very, very one-sided argument. And yet, you can find doctor after doctor after doctor, highly credentialed, that have come out against the flu shot completely. It's just, unless you're out there looking for it, you're not going to see it on primetime TV. Because guess who spends all the advertising money on primetime TV? The big pharmaceutical companies.
4: Yeah, yeah. And you know, it, we just, and I don't know when it started, where um, it's offered across the board in the schools now um and that's just been I think in the last four or five years if I remember but um yeah they make it at least down here I can't remember I think it was the same in Ohio but um yeah they do an all school immunization thing that you we you know we opt out of but um that's just fascinating another one of the things that you know like we experienced before, you know, the doctors offer tests, so you just take them, and it's the same thing. You know, you think you're doing the best for your kids, they're offering this immunization, it's free, and you just do it. Um, it's, that's where you got to step back and read and really say, is it worth it? And it's
3: not. You know, so we, we had three strikes against them. Um, we could add another one, and that is our immune system is designed to fight these things off. And the more we expose our immune system to these types of viruses and bacteria, the stronger it becomes. So we can look around and see how unhealthy adults are today and how unhealthy kids are today. And there's a lot of reasons, but this is one of them. We keep you know, pushing antibacterial everything. We wanna wipe bacteria off the planet. We want to vaccinate against everything. There's a new vaccine, seems like a couple times a year, they come out with some new vaccine that never even existed before. We want to vaccinate against everything. We want to wipe out the bacteria. And then we wonder why we have either very weak immune systems or totally overactive immune systems in in autoimmune diseases. And very, very few people just have a good, strong, functioning immune system anymore.
4: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, that same article we were talking about had that. That's uh there's a um oh, an ingredient that they have in here that actually does that. It has a strong immune suppressant. I mean that's that one, that's just the of the mercury. Um what do they call it? It was they call the one it, that being found in the Gulf War.
3: They call it an adjuvant.
4: Um, but it has yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And, and it has autoimmune disease side effects.
3: Yeah, well, and they also believe that the whole Gulf War syndrome that a lot of soldiers came back with was created from the adjuvant in the, I believe it was an anthrax vaccine they were required to take. We're going to talk about that more and get to your calls and questions right after this. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rothenberg. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. We're talking about uh, vaccines, primarily the flu vaccine right now, uh, but also vaccines in general. Kim, you know, I I wouldn't argue that there have been some vaccines that really made life a whole lot safer. Uh, There are some people that would argue even against those. I haven't done enough research to really form a strong opinion. I'm going back to, you know, things like polio and Um, TB, although that's making a comeback. Um, So we could clearly point at some of the early interventions with vaccines and say, no, they really did make life better. They may have had some dangers and some side effects, but overall, they made life safer. But that was a long, long time ago. And since then, they keep adding and adding and adding. And I think that's the problem. That we're just, it, it's such a big money grab. We're going to vaccinate for everything. We throw all this other junk in there. Um, there's lots of evidence, but boy, if you speak out against this and your voice starts to be heard, look out because you will be called everything from a nut job to a conspiracy theorist. There's a lot of money to kind of stifle any message they don't want to be seen. And lots of money to spread their message around it. And what brought this up for me again was um, there's a group in trucking that pushes this every year and offers free shots. And people fall all over it. Oh, what a great thing. They're giving away free shots. Um, And I just want people to to stop for a minute. Yes, it's free. So what? Um, is, Is your health really worth something just because it's free? Do a little research. Read both sides. Now, you will find tons and tons of so-called scientific articles that say the opposite. And again, look at where they're funded from. Um, Usually either government or big pharmaceutical. And those two are basically the same thing anymore. All the executives from the big pharmaceutical companies go back and forth from, you know, upper management in the big pharmaceuticals to positions in the FDA. So it's like the fox guarding the hen house. I you know, so those are all the same to me. But if you look at, you know, the the new group of functional medicine doctors, then you'll get a whole different story on vaccinations. So I, I just want people to seek out mm-hmm some other message other than the message that's being bought and paid for by the big pharmaceutical companies that stand to make all the money from this.
4: Mm-hmm. And just get recommitted every single day to um, do the best, the most you can to be the healthiest person. You know, life happens, but we know we can do so much to empower ourselves with our own health and um, just keep going down that path.
3: And you know what, Kim, that's the real message here. You know, so I'm certainly spending a lot of time pointing out the problem and warning people, but there's also a solution here, and the solution is just get healthier. Get your immune system strong. I mean, all the things we talk about on the show, eating real food, cutting out the grains, cutting out the sugars, getting rid of processed foods, seeking out better quality, you know, a higher fat diet, all of those things that we talk about all lead to a much stronger immune system and our body working the way it is supposed to. And again, if the flu was such a nasty thing, that could literally wipe us off the planet that would have happened a long long time ago and actually if you look at the statistics now your chances of dying from the flu have gotten worse not better and we could get some form of flu that we can't create a vaccine for or we can't create it in time and it could kill a lot of people if that happens I'd much rather depend on my own strong immune system than a vaccine that they don't have time to create and distribute. Yeah.
4: Yeah. A lot we can do for
3: that. There is. And if you have any questions about that, Kim and I would be happy to help you with Mm it. Uh, Kim, anything you've got today?
4: Um, no. Hey, did you get to watch that um, TED Talk by any chance?
3: I didn't. I mean, Actually, I got did. sent two oh, TED was- Talks yesterday, and I didn't get to see either one of them. I know there was one on cancer and there was one on something else, but I didn't get to watch either one of them.
4: Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send that over to the Destination Health Facebook page, too, because it's only five minutes long, which I love it, because I watched it a couple times because um, it was so fascinating. We're talking about the immune system, and we all know there's... A problem with how cancer drugs are delivered you know to our to people dealing with cancer you know it you know it doesn't get right to the cancer it goes to other organs we can actually you know urinate them out so they're not doing any good whatsoever and they make us more and more sick and her whole topic and that's why it's so fascinating is about using nature's own our own body our own immune cells because we know the immune cells You know, when we get hurt, when we get cut, when we get sick, our immune cells go right to the problem. They know right where to go. Um, And so, yeah, that's what they're talking about. Like I said, I'll put it out there. And it's just really interesting that they developed them like a two-step way, um, adding um, a, a medicine that's called like a glue, and then they use a drug called a trail that, can kill cancer cells, but it doesn't kill other cells. So they have that glue attach itself to the immune cells and then it then take that drug and go right to where the problem is. And it's just like, if we, we always knew and felt like, why isn't there right. more of a, a cure for cancer and that it had to be out there or something. And this just makes so much sense. And even in that five minutes, the, the information you're going to get. And the um, uh, just what they say about the, uh, the, um, effects they saw, like within two hours, the effects on um, the animals they were testing, the mice that they were testing with the cancer. Um, But then she said it should shift our whole paradigm on how we can use immune cells in general, you know, like spinal cord injury or, you know, letting it cross the blood brain barrier to carry like Parkinson's and stuff like that. So it's one of those things that you think, you know, people deal with cancer now, like, you know, you want them to, you know, you wonder how many years it's going to take for them to get this more into play, but to um, hear, you know, this, I think that she's a biochemist, talk with excitement about the yeah. possibilities with this was really cool.
3: Yeah, I need to go watch that. You know, it reminded me of something else, and I read this a long, long time ago. Um, there was a, a, a lot of research done on people who were actually exposed to more illnesses when they were a child, like got sick all the time, colds, flus, it, And I was one of those. I mean, I was a sick kid, and I was active and always outside, but I ate a horrible diet, um, and I got everything. Every year, I got a cold, I got a flu, I had scarlet fever, I had some of the crazy stuff. Um, But when I read this article, it gave me hope, because it said the more illnesses and diseases you were exposed to as a child, the less likely you were to get cancer as an adult. And their thought was that, that our immune system is a very potent cancer killer. And every time you activate it like that, you could have been killing cancerous cells before we even knew they were there. So there was some speculation that you know the more your immune system had to work, not only did it get stronger and stronger, as long as you gave it good nutrition... Um, but it was also mm-hmm. wiping out problems that we didn't even know existed yet. So, you Ooh. know, the, and then the whole cancer thing, the problem was we spent almost 70 years believing that cancer was genetic and trying to work on genetic fixes. And now we know it's not genetic. It's lifestyle. It it is a, you know, it's a metabolic disease, not a genetic disease. So we lost, I mean, all that money that went into cancer research, all those years looking for genetic fixes, Mm -hmm. basically was wasted. And there was an argument 70 years ago. There was a group that said, no, this isn't genetic, it's metabolic. And the group that said it was genetic won out. And that's where all the money went all these years. Now we're finally putting some money towards metabolic um, remedies. And and by metabolic we mean it it happens in the body. It's your metabolism, your lifestyle that creates this. There are some genes that we've identified that could put you at higher risk. Most of those genes are really rare and even when you have the gene it's not a guarantee you're going to get that cancer. They kind of say if you have the gene the gene is the loaded gun But your lifestyle is what will pull the trigger or not. So you may have the loaded gun, Mm -hmm. but you leave a loaded gun in the closet for 100 years, not going to go off. You know, something has to pull the trigger. So I thought that was a great analogy that even in those rare cases, when you absolutely have a gene that we could tie to cancer, doesn't mean you're going to get it. You have to activate that gene, and that's a lifestyle, nutrition, stress, all of those things we talk about. So we have been on the wrong track on cancer for a very, very long time, and it's no wonder. We, we spent decades and all that money, and yet cancer gets worse and worse every year. We were absolutely yeah. approaching it yeah. the wrong way. So hopefully we'll start turning that around now. Uh, I've got to get to a break. We're going to come right back. We're going to get to your calls and questions right after this. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. back i'm kevin rutherford this is destination health kim's here with me we're going to get right to your phone calls let's start off in texas wade welcome to the program hi kevin hi kim
5: hi there um had a question um on you were talking about the instant pot what what all can you do with that uh can, can you make bone broth in, in the truck with, with that
3: i I think you could use it to change your tire. That thing does almost anything. <laughs> it's it, it's like the Swiss Army knife it, of it, it cooking does, appliances. Is it a pressure
5: cooker also? It, it,
3: it's a pressure cooker, does a it, slow cooker. A cooker yeah, a pressure cooker, a slow cooker, a rice cooker. It sautés, it sears. It, it does all kinds <sighs> of stuff. Um, if I were only going to have one thing to cook with, that would be it. And in the truck, you just can't beat it. Um, you could either do bone broth as a slow cooker, which takes 24 to 36 hours, or you could do it as a pressure cooker, which takes three. Yeah,
5: I like the three. <laughs>
3: yeah, me too. And uh, and so honestly, on the, the I, lead. I,
5: uh, on the lid, I'm
3: sorry. I was going to say I've done a lot of bone broth both ways. I've done it in a pot simmering on the stove. I've done it in slow cookers. And I've done it in pressure cookers, and not only is the pressure cooker a whole lot faster, it actually comes out better. I get a better bone broth out of the pressure cooker.
5: Okay. Um, is, it, is does the lid um, seal? Because you know, can you do it? Uh, can it be cooking while you're going down the road, or will it slosh around and make a mess? Or you know, because you... Uh, you know, some of these roads are are not the smoothest.
3: Yeah, you could definitely do it going down the road. Um, I would, if it were me, I would take like a plastic bin and I would put it in a plastic bin and I would probably even, you know, build some supports for it in there to keep it from moving a lot. Um, it is sealed. When okay. you're using it as a pressure cooker, it's completely sealed. So you, you it blows steam okay. out the vent so you wouldn't, want to put a, you wouldn't want to put it in a really tightly enclosed place. Um, you know, with the truck, you'd want to run right. with the window cracked. But it's not going to slosh all over because the lid is, is sealed. What you're trying to avoid is the whole thing tipping over or something going down the road. And if it does, you want it somewhat contained. Right. You know, with, okay. the, with the three hours on the, the pressure cooker, you know, the way to do that would be on your off time if you didn't want to screw around with it doing it going down the road
5: true yeah or you could do it you set it up to to cook while you're sleeping
3: yeah yeah exactly
5: so um okay that's yeah i was wanting to see what what uh i i knew you said that if you only had one thing to, to have in the truck that would be it and And it's just called uh, uh,
3: Instant Pot. Yeah, Instant Pot. There's a ton of different. uh, There's like a five-in-one, a six-in-one, a seven-in-one. One of them's Bluetooth. You can control it from your phone. There's a lot of different options, but they all do basically the same stuff.
5: Okay, that'll work.
3: All right. Good luck with right, that. It's you. a uh, yeah. You're welcome. It's a great device. I've got uh, I've got that. I've also got a uh, Breville pressure cooker. Just because I love Breville appliances, um, but the it, the Breville's pretty pricey. The uh, Instant Pot works just as well, and uh, I think they have one model that's less than a hundred dollars, and their top of the line is just under two hundred. I think. Let's go to Florida, Alex. Welcome to the program.
6: Hi, this is Alex. I have a comment uh, about the specifically flu and the immune system in yeah. my personal experience. Uh, if you're going to make your own sauerkraut, raw and fermented, the sauerkraut has more vitamin C than oranges and a more good probiotic bacteria than anything else on the planet. You eat that, your immune system goes through the roof, and mm-hmm. nothing can stick to you.
3: You know, I, I couldn't agree with you more, you know? and and it sounds like you grew up in Toledo, so I'll, I'll bet you grew up on a lot of good homemade sauerkraut, right?
6: Yeah, I grew up in Russia, and that's <laughs> what they're still doing. It, you know, the sauerkraut, it's a daily meal. It's a raw sauerkraut. Everybody eats every day.
3: It, it's a wonderful thing. I, it it really is. You know, here growing up, we always thought sauerkraut came in a plastic bag, You know, from Mm -hmm. the grocery store, and that's just stuff's just garbage. But the real stuff you make at home is pretty darn amazing, and it tastes great.
6: Yeah, and also, um, I want to ask you about the prostate. Why, after 40 year old man has uh, challenges with the prostate gland, and also, I see you have some uh, supplements. Do you represent this company, and uh, this is 100% organic and herbal
3: uh, ingredients? Uh, So let's start with the, I'll do those in order. Um, Why do we have problems with our prostate after 40? The same reason we tend to have more diabetes, more arthritis, more of everything, is because we eat such a lousy diet our whole life that those things build up over time. Those things aren't natural just because we're getting older. They're happening because we've been eating a poor diet for so long. So the healthier you eat your whole life, the less likely you're going to have those problems. But the other thing we know, and I'm proof of this. I, I just said I was you know, always sick as a kid because I ate such a lousy diet. Um, I didn't really start eating really healthy until I was 50. And all kinds of things have improved for me. Uh, My prostate being one of them. So, you know, we don't have to have those problems and we can reverse them with just good diet and lifestyle. The company that we sell supplements for, yes, we we are a wholesaler for that company. And I can't guarantee that everything is organic, but it is all herbal. There are no drugs. These are all nutrients is what they are. They're concentrated and combined nutrients to target different systems in the body. But I, I don't believe that I've ever looked to see if they're all organic. My guess is they're probably not.
6: Okay. And then also, I've been reading some article about prostate. It's very interesting to look at, and they say the statistics shows the nine men out of ten in the western world will experience prostate problems or challenges and if you look at the middle east like Arab countries they say this almost like zero not exist or maybe one out of ten and the conclusion is the philosophy go behind there and because our human body is like a machine if you're going to look at uh, expose uh, like a leg or uh, you know the breast of the lady, your machine is activated. Like your eyes, your thoughts, your uh, you know the chemicals start spraying inside your body, like ready for the action. But there's nothing happening, and then we overwork or it's too much pornography maybe online. So, but actually, nothing happen in physical action. And and if you go to Arab culture, they all cover up. And like when I travel to India, I never feel any kind of like a sexual agitation. When I go to Russia or America, it's like the propaganda is everywhere and your mind is going crazy all the time. And they say because of the ladies going in the street, too much expose their organs and their, you know, body out. they're killing our mayor. That's the conclusion. What do you think about that?
3: You know, that's, that's an interesting um, theory. Uh, and one of the things we have to look at when we start comparing countries or um, cultures and health, and I do a lot of this research, you know, there are so many examples of this. If you look at how many of our kids in this country, the United States, are diagnosed with ADD and ADHD. It's through the roof. You go to France, it's almost unheard of. They don't even know what it is. And yet, you know, half the kids in any given class are on some sort of medication for ADD and ADHD. So there's a lot of factors. There's never just one thing. Some of the things you described certainly could play a role in this. I wouldn't doubt that. But I think our biggest issue in, in this country is our diet, number one, and number two, our high-stress lifestyle. You know, we kind of created the whole high-stress lifestyle thing. The French are a whole lot more laid back than we are. They take a couple hours for lunch. They eat as a group. They relax. They eat real food, lots of fat, so the fat certainly isn't a bad thing. So there's lots of reasons, but I think the two primary reasons for almost every disease in the United States is diet and a high-stress lifestyle. The good news is we can fix all that. Stick around. We'll be right back with more stuff I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back i'm kevin rutherford we're down to the final segment this is destination health kim is here with me we're going to get right back to the phone calls we are off to california al welcome to the program Hey, happy to be part of your world all right what's on your um, mind today
7: i had a question about insurance companies but uh Uh, Let's lighten it up with a little joke. You ready?
3: Okay, go ahead. (laughs) This
7: this guy, uh, (laughs) this this wife was washing uh, her husband's clothes and she was emptying out the pockets and then she sees a a little note unfolded and it says, Mary Lou. So then uh, uh, the next day when they're having breakfast, uh, she gets her frying pan and whacks him over the head and he says, what the heck was that for? He says, I found this note here that says Mary Lou. And he says, oh, well, oh, don't worry about that, honey. That's just the horse I bet it on the other day when I was at the races. So, well, she reluctantly agreed. Then a week goes by, and then he sits down to have breakfast here, have his coffee, and then the next time she gets a big, big, heavy pan of wine and wax on side of the head and goes unconscious and comes through, well, well what was that for? That was your horse. It called here yesterday. <laughs> <laughs>
4: funny. Al.
7: Yeah. you crack me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, um, so insurance companies pay for these drugs. I just, uh, was listening to Business uh, Health Radio yesterday on Sirius, and this one doctor was talking about this new cholesterol medication. It costs twelve grand, but he works for this company that, oh, he's able to negotiate and bring it down to about eight to 9000 Oh, joy. So, the insurance companies pay for this, and why would they pay for it with the cholesterol, you know, BS. That now that it's all out about high fat, low carb, and then continue to pay, or are they turning around, putting out their hand to the government, says, hey, we paid for this. We well, we paid twelve thousand, and we need the money like a subsidy. Are they getting subsidies from the government?
3: You know, I I don't know, and I, I, I I won't comment on anything I haven't researched heavily and know for sure. I hear that kind of stuff. I do know there's a ton of collusion. This can be proven, and I have researched this. There's a ton of collusion between big pharmaceutical companies and the FDA that regulates them. In fact, drug testing became so expensive to get a drug approved through the FDA cost at least $100 million. And it became so expensive that the FDA put the whole burden on the the pharmaceutical companies themselves. That would be like saying, we're going to let all the trucking companies give all their drivers the CDL test because it's too expensive for the government to do it. It, it, And it's much worse in drugs because, you know that that 's a really big issue, and, like I said, the executives go back and forth from these being on the board of these big pharmaceutical companies to being a part of the FDA and making the decisions. so there may not be subsidies i, I don 't know um, but the pricing on drugs is absolutely insane i 'll give you an example um, from somebody I know. They had a, a drug that was roughly about $900 a month at Walmart. Found it in Canada for about 300 a month. And that is because the federal government in Canada does subsidize their drug companies. That, that's part of their whole healthcare plan up there. So it was $300 there. Found it in the United States through some sort of subscription drug plan for $43 a month. How do you explain wow. that? How, that that makes absolutely no sense at all.
7: Yeah, that's 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 where you know I, I here's the thing. Last year I um but last year, about a year and a half ago because I'm i um, I'm off my medication. I was on for ten years. You know I spoke to you before. I'm 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 fifty six, and so I posted on um on my insurance companies uh, they got they provide a portal where I was able to download all, all my blessings for the past ten years. And then so I asked a question to the insurance company to where um, you know uh, how how do they feel that now I'm getting better because I was putting the high fat and I asked the question if they had any information on that. And so somebody did answer because no that we, we we don't but just whatever you're doing is working for you, just keep doing. And then and then you posted a while back where you talked about how the I forget what organization they they were showing this breakfast of, of toast, orange juice, you know, I can't believe it's not butter, right? And how, yeah. how terrible that is. And according, I think it was the National Institute of Nutritionists and Dietitians or something like that. And so I linked it on and I sent it on there and I, and I asked a question look at this bogus. And, and I looked up all the glycemic indexes and and shared it right there. So, man, you know, how can anybody get healthy when you guys are, you know, you. You guys recommend something like this, and why aren't you promoting a healthy lifestyle? And from there,
3: I never got an answer back. Like, I like,
7: like guess I, you know, really hit a sore spot or something. Putting all that information.
3: Yeah, you know, again, this is just you know what we talk about all the time. There is so much money entrenched in our conventional medical system that I just don't think we'll ever turn it around. Uh, Kim, but it it, it is really, really encouraging to see the big push into functional medicine now and how many traditional Mm -hmm. doctors Mm -hmm. are doing it. Um, Chris Kresser, we talk about all the time. I I am more and more impressed with him every week. He is really leading the charge. His new book, did you get your copy yet?
4: I have not yet. Okay.
3: I think Lisa sent it. Um, I haven't finished reading it, but I kind of skimmed through it. Just I wanted to get an overall picture of what he's doing, and I love what he's doing. He is training people in functional medicine, and he's training everything from full MDs all the way down to health coaches, nutritionists, chiropractors. He believes that there is no one person that should be managing health. That if you really, you know, need to get healthy, that it would be a team. And, and I couldn't agree more. A functional medicine mm-hmm. doctor mm-hmm. leading the team because they have far more training in, in how the body works. Now, some of their training is certainly biased, but they've got that really solid foundation of all that medical training. If they expand beyond that into nutrition and functional medicine or some of the other specialties, chiropractic or acupuncture, um, any of those things, they now, I believe, are more qualified than anybody. But even then, he says, you still need a team because the doctor doesn't have time mm-hmm. to work on nutrition and your diet and your lifestyle. He He's going to help you manage disease and, and getting better. So... He believes in this whole team approach and wants to encourage people that even if you, I kind of fit this. If you would have asked me, you know, one profession that I never would have considered, it was being a doctor or any healthcare. I would mm-hmm. have never considered that. Um, and now I love what I do. It's something I, I didn't even know existed or, you know, never even thought about. And that's really what he's encouraging people to do. I I would love to take his full functional medicine course, but it's like $10,000, and it's a big commitment. But it's on my bucket list. I mean, I I would really like to do it, and I love what he's leading, this whole charge of changing the system and making it more about health, not about disease. Yeah, and
4: I love that. I think it's, you know, with doctors having to be, you know, no – Everything, an expert in everything, you know, have a team like that. Oh, my gosh, I would love to be a part of that. Even if I have to go to one, you just, could you imagine if you have to go to one? I mean, that's
3: ideal. Yeah, and, and, you know, I I do spend a lot of time criticizing our medical system, and I know it sounds like I'm criticizing the doctors as well, but but I've said, you know, they are well-meaning. They had good intentions. They still have good intentions. They're just stuck in a really horrible system. And most doctors know that mm-hmm. today. Most doctors will admit that. But, but that's their training. And, you know, they come out of medical school so far in debt that they have to work in the system to pay off all the debt. They, their time mm-hmm. is, has been crunched so hard by the insurance companies who pay them um, that they don't have time to research. They don't have time to expand out into other specialties. That I, I understand why they are the way they are. It, the system sucks. So that's why I'm so excited about the, this new breed of doctors that is saying, look, we've known this is wrong. Um, we need a way to fix it. And I, I think that uh, Chris Kresser is just doing an amazing job of building that framework.
4: Yeah, yeah. Hey, and Lisa sent me a note. She's so funny. See, um, so my package was delivered. So. I'll have to, after the show, I have to go find it and, and dive into that. Yeah. So maybe next next show we can talk about that some more.
3: Yeah, that's right. So your your book is there then. You, you have some reading to look yeah, forward to. I'm good, excited. good. All right, well, there's the uh, the final bell. Any uh, parting words? I don't
4: know. I just appreciate everybody being here. You know, I just think as a community, we are just, um, it, it's, it's amazing. So... Keep with us. Ask us any questions. Just support
3: and let us know what you think. Fantastic. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, everybody, for calling. We've got to wrap you this too. up. We'll see you next time. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rothbard. All right, everybody. We're going to do a second hour. I'll give you a quick heads up. uh, I'll be flying solo. Kim has to run. Uh, So I'm going to just jump right into uh, questions. And we've got quite a few on the line, but I've got room for more. So if you want to jump in right now, press one on your phone, and I'll get to as many as I can in this next hour. Here we go.
2: Your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. This is
1: Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs,
2: back in your pocket.
3: Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is Let'sTruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. Today is Destination Health. Uh, Kim? is off today, so I'll be flying solo. I'm going to get to your calls and questions. We can talk about everything health. Food, nutrition, fitness, diet, lifestyle, exercise, stress, supplements, sleep. You name it, we'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and ask the question. Um, I'm going to get to those in just a couple minutes. I don't have a lot today. I do want to remind you about uh, Let's Truck University. That is our new school of online courses. You can take them from anywhere. They are very in-depth. They include video, audio, some even have quizzes, worksheets, handouts, downloads that you can listen to while you're driving. Just lots and lots of information that, again, you can take advantage of being out on the road. We have some free courses. We have some paid courses. We are planning on building about Thirty more, um, which could take me a while, but that 's the long term plan. We are uh, building courses in business, finance, health, and maintenance are our four major groups so um, we do have a, a really good health course to get you started it 's all about using the ketogenic diet for losing weight, reversing type two diabetes, lowering blood pressure. Uh, reversing all kinds of autoimmune conditions. If you have any autoimmune condition at all, you really should look at the ketogenic diet as a therapeutic diet. Uh, and the course gives you everything you need to know step by step. If you're a diabetic, I explain how you get started. Uh, if you have high blood pressure, I explain the exceptions there. tell you what food you can eat, what you can't eat, how to test, all, everything you need to know. Um And the courses are very, very inexpensive. So check that out. You can find those at Let'sTruck.com. Look under the... Just click on the University tab and it'll take you. You'll be able to see all the courses. And check back often because I added two new courses this month. And I will continue. My goal is to add at least one a month. So keep checking back there. And if you listen to this show... I am going to give you, let me go get the details on this because I want to make sure I did it right and I've been working on a lot of other courses. But if you want to do the keto course, if you are a listener to this show, um, the keto jumpstart course is normally $29. I am going to give you $10 off just for listening to this show. Use the coupon code HEALTHY at checkout. So when you're checking out, there'll be a a block to put in a coupon code, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y, healthy, and you'll get $10 off the course. You can't beat this for $19, really. There is a ton of information in there. With that, let's get to some phone calls. Let's start off in Missouri. Adrian, welcome to the program.
8: Hey, Kevin. How are you doing today?
3: Good. What's on your mind?
8: I just had a comment um, on vaccinations you were talking about last show yeah um, I kind of I, I agree with what you're saying when you know you need to get you need to get sick to be healthy you know uh, we little kids nowadays don't play in the dirt and all that kind of stuff when you do you expose your immune system to all the, all the different things that that make you sick and build it up but I guess my, my only real question is what when, when it comes to like the vaccines, doesn't isn't some of the way that that works like actually expose your body to that flu virus or whatever? and it, wouldn't it do the same thing as as getting the flu?
3: Well, you're you're kind of on the right track. the The, the vaccine is a, a a dead form of the virus. And it there's a I mean, it's processed in a special way, but it's basically a dead or inactive form of the virus. So it won't even though we're, you know, subjecting you to the virus, it can't replicate. So what happens is you get the virus in your body, not in a vaccine, just, you know, by being exposed to it. And because it's alive, it keeps replicating and duplicating. And and then you get enough of that virus in your body that you get the symptoms which is your body trying to fight it off. With a vaccine, it's dead. It it can't replicate itself, so you're not going to get sick. A lot of people believe they can get sick from the vaccine. You really can't. Um, But that's different than having the live... So it, it does expose your immune system to it, so your immune system is able to develop antibodies. But, you know, the analogy I use is... If you lift weights, if you really stress a muscle over and over and over, that's what makes a muscle stronger and gives it more endurance. We all know that they've tried for years to create these machines that electrically stimulate a muscle It's an artificial stimulation. The muscle is contracting and and, and doing the same thing yet you're never going to become a bodybuilder or a powerlifter if you don't do the real thing. And I could give so many more analogies like that. So your immune system is exposed to it, and it can develop some antibodies, but you're really not making your immune system work and fight off that living virus. Does that make sense?
8: Yeah, it does. It does.
3: Yeah, so you know we we've we keep trying to fool mother nature. We keep thinking we can come up with things that work better than our body. We always fail. Our body is a really amazing thing.
8: Uh I got another question if you don't mind. Sure, go ahead. Um what do you think of I know I know you're all about the paleo diet and I and I've done a high fat a, you know, no carb, low carb diet before, but what, what what do you think about like whole grains, like oatmeal and stuff like that? Um, it's, it, it for me, it seems like it might be a little bit easier to do out on the truck. Um, it, well, I've got and, you know. I mean, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about you know sugar and. Almonds. No, I know.
3: Now let, let's you know, let's yeah. just yeah. So. First off, let me just say it's, it's not human food. It was never meant to be human food, and that's a problem. Our body didn't evolve eating that. We only started eating grains about 10,000 years ago. That, that's a blink of an eye in, in our evolution. So our body, maybe after several hundred thousand years of eating those grains, our body might adapt to it, but we're not adapted to eat that food. It wreaks havoc in your body. Now, I I will say not all grains are as bad as some. Wheat is the absolute worst, and the type of wheat we grow in this country, the genetically modified, heavily hybridized, it is loaded with gluten, and gluten is just really bad for everybody. So wheat is the worst, um, some of the other grains aren't quite so bad. They're all high in carbs, but it, you know if you can get past that, um, white rice. Don't eat don't eat brown rice like we've been told, because the proteins in the brown rice, the outer coating in the germ, the proteins in there are not good for us. Our body reacts poorly to those proteins. If you strip all of that away and you just have white rice, it's just starch. So it's high in carbs, but there's really nothing left in rice that's going to to cause any problems. Um, Oatmeal, pretty far down the list of problematic grains, but you want to make sure you're buying organic oatmeal. If not, it's probably got a lot of gluten in it because it gets processed in the same plants that process a lot of wheat products. But if it's organic oatmeal then there are two things. It won't be genetically modified. It's not allowed to be. And it won't have gluten because it's, it's got to be tested for that. So of the grains, I, I would say if you just absolutely have to eat some, white rice and oatmeal might be two of your best options. The other thing you should do, though, and this is the way we used to prepare grains because even a thousand years ago we somehow knew this, if you soak and sprout grains, you will eliminate some, not all, but some of the problematic um, proteins and enzymes and some of the other things we don't want. So the traditional way of cooking oatmeal used to be to start soaking it the night before. Then you rinse it, then you cook it. And you can do the same thing with flour, you can do it with wheat, you can do it with virtually any grain. It's called soaking and sprouting. So if you're going to eat grains, you should at least study how to prepare them properly, and then they won't cause nearly as many problems. I find that once you get used to not eating grains, it's really easy. I I have not had a grain other than white rice. I do cheat once in a while with white, white rice sushi or a couple Thai dishes. Uh, But other than white rice, I have not had a single grain in three years. No wheat, no rye, no oatmeal, no corn. None of that. And I've never felt better. It's very, very low in nutrition, too. There's virtually no nutrition in grains. That's why they have to enrich it all. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rothman. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rothford. This is Destination Health. I'm flying solo today. Kim's got the day off. We're going to head to New Mexico. Jim, welcome to the program.
1: Hi, Kevin. Uh, You know, I want to thank all the drivers out there for buying up all that grass-fed beef because uh, Wally World is now adding uh, several more rows of that beef in their stores. It, it, it quite consistent.
3: It's, it, great. it's growing in popularity. And I, I don't want to discourage people from buying it because I want people to seek out the best quality they can. One of the things I just have to warn people about, though, and, and I hate to complicate this issue, but I feel like I need to the term grass fed, there are no regulations on that term whatsoever. Uh, anybody could put it on any cut of beef they wanted. Because technically every cow is grass fed at some point, so that term is kind of you know now being used as a big marketing term. So I'm very careful. I usually trace I trace a brand back to find out is it truly grass finished? So they and even grass finished isn't regulated. Um, there is a group that is is trying to, well, they are certifying it. It's not a national thing yet, um, but it's growing. So grass finished means it has lived on grass its whole life because a a lot of cattle are raised on grass until they're sent to the feedlot to fatten up. And all it takes is 30 days on grain to wipe out that good fatty acid profile that they developed when they were on grass. So he, he, I, I encourage people to look for those kind of things where they can find them, but just be careful of some labels.
1: Well, not only did they add more to it, uh, they also added another label
3: okay. that said
1: organic grass-fed. Now, what's the difference between the
3: two? Well, that's, that's another step in the right direction. Um, it doesn't mean that it's grass-finished. But it does mean that when it was on grass, for however long, could have been a month, could have been six months, you just never know, when it was on grass, the grass had to be organic because the organic label is somewhat regulated. It's not perfect, but there are some rules. It doesn't mean people aren't breaking them, but you've got a better chance. It means that they, when they were on grass, it had to be organic grass, you know, no pesticides, all those rules. And when it went to the feedlot, which I can almost guarantee it did, if it doesn't say grass finished, it it probably went to a feedlot at some point. The feed that it was given had to be organic as well. So we're at least getting away from genetically modified because you can't use the label organic if anything's been genetically modified. And we're getting away from, A lot of the really bad factory farming techniques. So again, there's you know this is
1: that label a little bit closer.
3: Yeah, and you can do some research and find out you know what their practices are. It doesn't take much digging anymore. Um, So there isn't you know one right answer, one wrong answer. I mean, if I want the absolute best beef I can find, I don't even really care whether it's got an organic or a grass fed label. I, if I can visit the farm and know that it 's on grass they they may not have an organic certification because that 's really expensive to get, but I can go visit there, see their practices being local and and raised that way that 's really your best option. but we know how difficult that is too, um, although my new solution I'm pretty darn excited about, and we were talking about pressure cookers a little earlier, or it might have been the other show. Um, pressure canning is my new hobby, and this would work out really, really well for drivers who want to put in a little bit of work. So when you're home and you can find a good local source of your meat, whether it's chicken, beef, or pork, or wild game, or whatever it is, You can pressure can that at home. And once it's pressure canned in in mason jars with lids, it no longer needs refrigeration. It's got a shelf life now of years with no refrigeration. And it tastes, it's really amazing how good pressure canned meat really is. So there's a solution. I mean, you could spend a weekend and probably can enough beef to last you several months. Beef, chicken, or pork. And that way you can control the quality of it.
1: But, you know, the uh, pressure cooker that you were talking about, I got the Aroma, and I bought that from uh, Wally World, and it's just under $70 for the small one, which is great for two people if you're teaming. Yeah. Uh, then you got the larger one that I bought for home, and that's just under 90 And this thing, when, once you finish cooking, it will keep it warm for you, too, till you turn it off. But the thing about the... uh it uses less electricity than my coffee maker. You can't even compare it to the microwave, right? Uh, and uh, uh, you want to make sure it's stable if you're going to be driving down the road. But it takes such little time for it to cook that you know why why do why go to that trouble?
3: You know, and, I uh, and that's seventy bucks takes the taste out of chicken. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, $70, how do you beat that? Because you're right, it doesn't use a lot of electricity. It's a great oh. way to cook. It's it, They're just awesome to have in the truck.
1: Well, it takes kind of takes a taste out of chicken. I'm not really happy with that. The pork is real good, and I'm a beef guy anyway, and beef is awesome. And I went in there just to test this, and I bought the cheapest steak there is which means it's going to be the toughest steak if you cook it any other way. You're going to need a jackhammer to tenderize it throw all kinds of chemicals on it to try and get it loose. But I put that cheap steak in there and cut it up in about two-inch squares, and I could cut it easily with a plastic fork. Wow. It was that tender and yeah. that juicy. It was just
3: awesome. You know, that that is exactly what happens when you pressure can it. You can buy the really, really cheap tough cuts of beef. You cut them up into cubes. When you pressure can them, they literally fall apart. And they're so tender, and the the, the you know the, those cuts usually have really good beef flavor. And literally, you just open up the jar and eat it. Sometimes I don't even have to heat it up. Um, it, it's just so easy. And uh, you know I. It, that's really been a big challenge. I know it's hard finding really good quality meat on the road and having enough refrigerator or freezer space in the truck is virtually impossible. Pressure canning. So I, I'm going to do a course. I'm going to do one of my online courses. In fact, that may be my next health course. Uh, a, a complete how-to series on sourcing your, you know, the really good quality meat, uh, pressure canning it, keeping it in the truck between pressure canning of meat and fermented vegetables there is no reason whatsoever you shouldn't be eating really really healthy on the road and at first it looks like it's a lot of work but when you see the course you'll see it's really not that hard at all let's uh let's get to some more phone calls we're gonna go to Indiana Richard welcome to the program
2: Good afternoon, Kevin.
3: What's on your mind today?
2: You got me there, Kevin. Can you hear me? Yep, go ahead. Kevin. Okay, um, what I'm to talk about is I ask you questions about fish. I heard you talk all the time about seafood, saltwater, and I was wondering about freshwater fish. Is that just as good?
3: Um, no. I, it, I'm not gonna say it's bad. But it's not nearly as nutrient-dense, and that, that's really what we're looking for. I'm seeking out the most nutrient-dense foods I can find. That's what keeps us really healthy. That's why we talk about grass-fed and grass-finished beef. That's why I talk about eating the organ meats, the liver, the heart, the tongue, the kidneys, the bone broth. The, you know, the way we used to eat traditionally, we used to get a lot of nutrition. Now we eat factory farmed beef that has been raised in horrible conditions, and all we really eat is the muscle meat. Well, if you look at traditional societies, when they killed an animal, they ate all the organs, they gave the muscle meat to the dogs. The stuff we think, you know, we'll pay a fortune for, it doesn't have nearly as much nutrition. So when I look at seafood, I look for the most nutrient-dense seafood I can find. Um probably at the top of the charts are sardines. Uh, One, because you're eating the whole animal. Um, Mussels, clams, oysters, you're eating the whole animal. The more parts of an animal we eat, the more nutrition we get. If you look at fish like uh, wild-caught Pacific salmon, not the factory-farmed Atlantic salmon that we tend to get in restaurants, But true Pacific salmon, that was wild caught. The nutrient levels are off the charts compared to the stuff we normally eat. Uh, I know I haven't gotten to your question yet about freshwater fish, but I'll get to that right after this. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rosenberg. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. I'm going to get right back to the calls. I was talking with Richard in Indiana. So, Richard, if you're getting freshwater fish at the grocery store, you're more than likely nowadays getting factory farmed fish. The catfish is factory farmed. The tilapia is factory farmed. Um, Unless it says wild caught. If it truly says wild caught, that's a step up. But even the species, they're clearly good for you, and I would eat them. But freshwater fish isn't nearly as nutrient-dense as the the other types of seafood we talk about a lot. And again, that doesn't mean you shouldn't eat it. Um, it, it can be a good part of a healthy diet. I, I would avoid factory-farmed fish like the plague. I, I will not touch that stuff. It's why I, I don't eat out seafood as much as I used to, um, because there's so much fraud going on. It, the seafood, um, I actually know somebody in that industry that that works in the supply chain for seafood, and they will tell you, you eat out in a restaurant about seven times out of 10, you're not even getting the type of fish you ordered. You order grouper, you could be getting something totally different. So uh, there's a lot of fraud in the seafood industry. So I, I tend to buy my seafood from very trusted sources. Luckily for me, I'm looking out the window at the largest salmon run in the world on a single river, the Columbia, and we pull fresh salmon out of here, wild Pacific salmon every day. So, um, But yeah, I'm not going to say you shouldn't eat, but be very careful of the source.
2: Well, what I was really thinking about was not store-bought. Where I live at, I have access to countless places to fish, and I'm
3: talking about wild, fresh-caught fish. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, Again, okay. not not as nutrient-dense as some of the fish we talk about, but I would absolutely encourage you to go catch and eat your own food.
2: Now, what about um, freshwater salmon? they in the Great Lakes. We have pretty much the same species you have in the Columbia, but they're freshwater.
3: Uh, well, the interesting thing about salmon is they are all... Um, fresh water, but they can also live in salt water. So the typical life cycle of right. a salmon is they're born in fresh water here in the rivers, right where I live. They swim out to the ocean. They live four to five years on average out in the ocean. They come back to the exact spot they were born. We have no idea how they do it. They come back to the exact spot they were born. They spawn and they die. So they're technically both fresh and, um, uh, saltwater fish. They, the. the I, I'm not. Right. I should do a little research on this, and I should have known. I grew up by the Great Lakes, but I wasn't into you know salmon back then. Uh, is that the same? I, I would think that the fish in the Great Lakes are Atlantic salmon, not Pacific.
2: Mm, I'm not sure neither. Okay. With, which but e- but either. But either
3: way, they, they came as, from the
2: ocean and now. Yeah. Their whole cycle is in the freshwater.
3: Either way, even if they're Atlantic. One more. Let me finish up on this because this is an important point. Um, If they're wild caught, if they're wild caught, then I would say absolutely. Like, once in a while, I will get wild caught um, Scottish salmon, and that is the Atlantic variety. It's not the Pacific. The reason I say to be very, very careful with Atlantic salmon is about 95% of it is farm-raised. But if you know you're actually getting it from a source where it was truly wild Atlantic or you caught it yourself, then you're fine. Then the species doesn't matter. The reason I I get people to focus on Pacific salmon is that species is never farm-raised, ever. So if you get Pacific salmon, you absolutely know you're getting wild salmon.
2: Okay, what I'd be getting would be fresh caught off oh, my own hook and line.
3: That's perfect. Doesn't get any better that's than that. One
2: other quick question. Yeah. Other quick question is wild game as a substitute for grass fed beef. I have access to deer, elk. And that's wild game where I live at
3: it. That It doesn't get any better than that. that. That is my absolute favorite. I would talk about it more except so few people actually have access to it or will take the time to go do it. it I love that in so many ways. One, the whole idea of being self-sufficient, killing your own food, I, I think is amazing anyway. Um, those animals have lived their life naturally the way they were supposed to. They they have lived exactly the way nature designed them. They've been out running free. They've been eating the food that they evolved on. They, that, to me, is the ultimate in food. Um, so I, I'm a big fan as well, and I eat wild game every chance I get. Um, I would like to get back to hunting again. I used to do it a lot. Um, I haven't for a while because I've been busy, but my business partner, Aaron, Him and his boy went out hunting just last weekend, and his son got his first deer ever. And uh, I'm going to share in some of theirs. And when I can get wild game, I will eat the liver. I will eat the heart. I will eat the tongue. I will use the bones for bone broth. To me, that's that's as good as food is going to get.
2: Oh, good, because that's where I live. I live in Michigan, and that's what I love to do. And so I can sack up my freezer with fish and wild game and feel good about
3: eating it. There you go. And if you are out on the road, you can pressure can it and take it with you so you have your own awesome source of food. You caught it. You processed it. You canned it. It just doesn't get any better than that. You know it didn't have antibiotics and hormones and all that other crap. Let's go to Ohio. Larry, welcome to the program.
0: Hey, Kevin, how are you today?
3: Doing great. What's on your mind?
0: Kevin, um, I think you probably remember me. I went through your one-on-one course, and then I ended up with appendicitis or uh, abscess on my appendix. And But anyway, I ended up have to see a urologist and was told that I have an enlarged Prostrate, and was wondering what you might recommend for that.
3: So um, how has your diet been? Are you eating really clean?
0: Yes, yes. I'm back to all grass-fed and eggs and beef and heart and tongue, whatever I can get my hands on.
3: Excellent. So you may, because that's always step number one. You know, we, we want people to eat that good, clean, high-fat, low-carb, you know, paleo or keto diet for at least 30 days before we start addressing any of these other issues. Because many times, that's all it takes. And a lot of this other stuff goes away. Um, if, they, if some of these symptoms hang around or some of these conditions, like an enlarged prostate, Uh, Then we would look at, can we determine why it's happening? Um, And sometimes we can, sometimes we can't. And sometimes we just, you know, look at some other possibilities. There are some supplements that will target uh, the prostate. Saw palmetto uh, is probably the most popular and actually works. Although, I tell people all the time, if you're eating a lousy diet, forget the supplements. They're just not going to work. If you're eating a good, clean diet and we target the right supplement with the right quality and the right potency, we've got a pretty good shot. And, and prostate is usually one that responds um, to a, a well-formulated saw palmetto, and there are some other things you can throw in there as well. Um, I, I know we have one at Biotics, a really good one, but I'm not sure if we stock it in the store or not. Um, let me uh let me do this. Well, at time, at one, oh, go ahead.
0: I say at one time I seen you had something on in your store for uh prostrate health, but I, I wasn't sure if you still had it. I, I haven't looked for it, I guess.
3: I, I'm gonna go look real quick because I, I don't um I don't really manage what's going on in the store, so I'm not always sure what's there. I don't wanna tell you we have it in stock if we don't, but I should be able to find it here pretty quick. Well, um, uh, this it, this doctor
0: wanted to put me right onto a a um, medication. He wrote a prescription. I told him I probably would not take it right away, and uh, I didn't even pick it up. I wanted him to work with a naturopath, which I have an appointment with. Oh, good. And uh, he wasn't too, he wasn't too keen about that, and, and you know, but I just. I'm
3: not one to take medications. No, and and I agree. And medications don't fix us. They just cover up symptoms. Um, You know, if you're going to work with a naturopath, then I would hold off buying this supplement. We do have it in the store, by the way. It's called Palmetto Plus Forte. And it's a lot of palmetto and a lot of other really good nutrients. But, again, if you have an appointment with a naturopath, I would wait because they've probably got some really good solutions, too. So get through your appointment. If for some reason you're not happy with something, call me back. and We could work on it, but, but I would hold off on buying this right now. I'm going to get to a break. We'll be right back. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. We're down to the final segment. I'm going to get uh, right back to some phone calls. Let's head off to Texas. Wade, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. What's on your uh, mind today?
5: I asked you a couple of weeks ago, and I... Was, well, I, I talked to you about the bone broth, and I uh, wanted to talk to you a little bit more about... Uh, uh, for For sleep and... You mentioned uh, some bone broth and um, a little bit of honey and uh, some brain octane. And I, w- what kind of um, amount um, would you start at to, to try that remedy to to maybe help for uh, for, for better sleep?
3: You know, on the brain octane, I would go pretty easy at night um, because the brain octane is actually what our body converts to ketones and energy pretty quickly. So we we don't want to overdo the whole energy thing overnight, but there's a lot of evidence to show that a little bit of it really kind of powers our mitochondria all night and, and clears out the brain and does all kinds of good stuff. I would say at night, I would not do more than a teaspoon. Like, you know, in my bulletproof coffee in the morning, I do two tablespoons. But uh, on, a, on a nightly yeah, drink... I do that. Yeah, on a nightly drink for sleep, I would only do about a teaspoon. And depending on taste, you could do up to a tablespoon of the honey. You're probably not going to want a tablespoon because I think it would make bone broth taste too sweet. But that's more of a, a personal preference thing. The you know a, a up to a tablespoon of honey is really good for kind of leveling blood sugar throughout the night. But if you only ended up with a teaspoon of honey, that'd be fine too. That that's more of a personal taste thing.
5: I probably wouldn't mix it all together. I, I would probably. I mean, I could put the brain uh, octane in with the bone broth. It wouldn't be a big deal. But I would probably just do a tablespoon of honey and and then drink. Um, The the other, but I I do the bulletproof coffee and and I do two, like two a day in the morning, uh, which gives me four tablespoons of the brain octane. And and that's why I I was curious uh, how much you would do. Uh, for for the
3: evening? Yeah, so I I would watch one thing, and I've read a lot about this, and I've read reviews from a lot of people that this works really, really well for. I'm one of them that it doesn't work so well for. Uh, And what I'm talking about is the brain octane at night. There are certain things I do at night that really help me sleep. Uh, a, A little bit of monkey brittle. You know, it's got a nice balance of protein, fat, and carbohydrates, or I'll do maybe a half of an apple and the macadamia nut butters that we carry. Those work really well for me at night. I tried the Brain Octane because, again, it works for a lot of people. For me, I fall asleep really well, but I wake up after about three hours, and I am wide awake and loaded with energy. And and that's not what I want after three hours of sleep. Um, So I tried it. I went on it. I went off of it. I thought it was a fluke. It's consistent with me. If I do brain octane before I go to bed, they even uh, Bulletproof even makes a supplement, a capsule, that is a tiny little bit of melatonin and a little bit of brain octane, and there might be a couple other things in there. It does the exact same thing to me. I fall asleep really well. I sleep deep for about two or three hours, and then I wake up, and I'm loaded with energy. So it just doesn't work for me, but I've recommended it to other people, and they love it.
5: Okay. Um, Have you uh, come up with any of the nutrient-dense recipes to add to the the keto course Uh, yet?
3: I I have a ton of them, I just haven't got them, cause, you know, I haven't got them down into a format, I haven't got the pictures taken, all, all the grunt work that has to get done. I, I could use a staff of about three people just to follow me around uh, and, and do that kind of work, but we're a pretty lean company, so uh, I, I really want to get to that because I love the recipes I've developed. We just, we got to get all that other work done and get them up, so... Um, it's on the list.
5: Okay. Uh, and did you ever decide uh, last week, you mentioned that you were going to talk about a new product, um, that had for energy and, and B12. And it was another product,
3: uh, yeah. from, um, Bulletproof, uh,
5: the Bulletproof side. What, yeah. What
3: was- um, I I'll tell you what it is. And you won't be able to buy it in our store because I, I went and checked with Bulletproof. Some of their products, they just won't sell wholesale. The the cost of developing and manufacturing okay. the product is is too high, and there's not enough margin in it. So this is one of them. We can't buy this wholesale, so I can't put it in our store. But you can go directly to Bulletproof and get it. It's called Keto Prime.
5: Uh-huh.
3: And it, the, Okay. The one one I've been taking it for probably two years, but I take it for a very different reason and I learned something recently about it. That's why I wanted to talk about it. So it's basically a really high dose of uh, B12, like 16,000% of the daily, um, and there's no danger to that. There's some other really important trace nutrients in there, and it was designed for, like, mental clarity. You know, when you're on the keto diet and you're producing ketones, this really helps with energy and mental clarity, and that's why I was taking it. It's a little on the expensive side, and I was only taking it on a day where I really had a lot of kind of mental work to do, if I had a lot of writing to do or if I had a lot of meetings um, or, you know, I was given a seminar, I I would take it then. But I read some pretty interesting research where keeping your B12 levels high, which is really uh, virtually impossible to do with your diet alone, really helps with sleep. So I started taking it every day and my sleep scores did improve. And there's a lot of research backing this up. So That's why I, uh, otherwise I I probably would have never mentioned it because on the days when I go drive all day, I I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't before till I knew this. So it wasn't one of those supplements I was really going to recommend to anybody. But now that I found out what it does for sleep, um, I'm a bigger fan. I wish we could put it in our store, but you'd have to go right to Bulletproof and get it.
5: Right. Okay. Awesome.
3: All right, good stuff. And, you know, just just um, this just this, a little uh, request from me. I, I have no problem sending you to Bulletproof to get that supplement because we can't carry it. If I could, we would carry it at the same price. They do, but I just can't. I'd love it if you came back to our store to buy the Brain Octane, the Hot Chocolate, all the other Bulletproof items we carry. And, again, we're the same price. Um, it really helps support us and what we do here. So that allows us to continue doing the free shows the free podcast the apps all the other stuff that we develop that we don't charge for so i know it's more convenient if you can order everything from one place but I'll, I'll i'll let you know about those things i'd love it if you'd support us and shop at our store let's go to california al welcome to the program hey thanks for
7: taking my call again and I'll I'll support you so after I am done with you, send me back so I can order some of that stuff
3: there. Okay, I like ordering on you. your website. Thank you.
7: Um, uh, ceviche, are you familiar with Mexican fish ceviche?
3: Ceviche might be one of my top three favorite foods of all time. I make really, really good ceviche. <laughs> okay. I am I am famous around here for my ceviche.
7: And oh, okay, right on, right. You, yeah, and I was just wondering about if the, the lemon doesn't take away any nutrients, does it, for the fish?
3: No, lemon or lime. You, ceviche, for people who don't know, and by the way, it's really Peruvian.
7: Oh, really? Yeah. You Ce,
3: ceviche is Peruvian. When you go to Peru or you go to a restaurant that that does Peruvian food, you will find 27 different varieties of ceviche they make it all kinds of different ways Um, I do a pretty traditional probably what you're thinking of more of a traditional Mexican style I do mine with lime juice and cilantro and red onion and jalapeno and but basically ceviche is and I know you know this but for the other people you take raw seafood whether it's fish or shrimp or scallops or Lobster, You could do almost anything. Um, You kind of dice it up into smaller pieces. It's raw, and it never gets cooked. But it it basically gets cooked in an acid. So you can use lime juice, lemon juice, grapefruit juice, a combination of citrus. um, And that acid actually cooks the fish. So it looks like it's been cooked. The texture is just like it's been cooked, but it's very fresh. Not only does the acid not hurt any of the nutrients, it preserves most of them and adds a lot of vitamin C. And raw food is really good for us. So there is no heat. We don't lose the enzymes. It's the other, I love the taste of it, but it's also a very, very nutritious way to eat fish. All right, everybody, I'm all out of time. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you next time. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rutherford. All right, everybody, thanks for joining me today. We'll see you this weekend for the live show. I know, buddy, I'm coming. (laughs)
7: Ninety seconds.